In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk with you all today, as we, as we start at least, about retirement. Uh, retirement is not something that I have a lot of firsthand personal knowledge of. I uh, haven't gone through it my, myself yet. And uh, I've pretty much resigned myself at this point because I, I grew up in the era of student loans. I've resigned myself to the fact that I will never know what retirement is like. And I'm okay with that because I love my job and I, I love what I do. Um, but uh, while I'm, I'm not retired myself, I, I do know many people that are. Maybe, maybe you are. I've talked to lots of retired people. Some of uh, retired folks in our congregation have some family that's retired too. And uh, there's something that I've learned about retirement, uh, specifically as I talk to people who are just looking forward to it. You know, maybe it's just a few years away. And as I talk to these people, I, I, I see that there's kind of two kinds of people, or, or there's two ways of looking at retirement. I mean, on the one hand, you, you see people who can't wait to retire because uh, that's when they really start to get living life. And, and these are the people who are busier in retirement than they ever were when they were working their nine to five, right? These are people who, who can't wait to retire because it means they can be at church more helping out. Or they can they volunteer at the animal shelter or the, the food pantry. Uh, these are the kinds of people, you know, the crazy ones who uh, start doing marathons in retirement or Ironman triathlons or, or backpack the Appalachian Trail, right? Uh, again, these are the people who do more in retirement than most people could ever imagine. And, and, they, and they love it that way. And, and maybe you know some of those people. Maybe you are one of those people yourselves. Uh, but then there's another view of retirement. Uh, these are the people who, when, when they look forward to retirement, they are hoping, sure hoping, that they're not going to be busier in retirement th than they were in their 9 to 5. These are the people who can't wait to retire because they're tired from working 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And all they want to do is kick back, re relax, do a whole lot of nothing, grab a drink somewhere uh, on a cruise, on a beach, or even just in their own, own backyard, that their retirement is the time to relax. Now again, I don't know what you think of when you look forward to retirement or what kind of retirement you're enjoying now. My, my point is not to, to judge that. My point is to say that, that sometimes it looks and it feels and it seems like, like Jesus is retired. And, and he's retired in that very kind of traditional sense that we talked about, where, where you kick back, relax, and do a whole lot of nothing. Sometimes it feels like we are down here on earth struggling and, and striving, and, and we're trying to keep all of these plates spinning, and there's so many problems we're, we're trying to solve, and, and we wonder, where is Jesus? And because we can't see him at work, and because it doesn't feel like he's doing much of anything, because he doesn't answer our prayers how we want them answered, and in the time we want them answered, it can feel, it can look like he must be retired. If we're honest with it, I mean, if anyone deserves to be retired, I guess it is Jesus, right? I mean, after everything he's done, he created the world, uh, for goodness sake, and, and then he, he lived and he was faithful while his people were rebellious, even as they rejected him. Uh, Jesus was mocked and ridiculed. He was denied. He was betrayed. Jesus chose to get up on a cross and, and lay down his life for the sins of the world. And after doing all of that, after rising again powerfully from the tomb, if anyone deserved to retire, to sit back, relax, to sit up on there, a couch, in his case, a heavenly throne, and do a whole lot of nothing, it's Jesus. And it can feel that way sometimes. And, and maybe it doesn't feel like he's completely gone off the grid. I mean, maybe he answers little prayers here and there from, from time to time. But for the most part, there are times in our lives where it feels like Jesus is nowhere to be found. But you know, the message of Acts that we heard today, and, and really the message of the entire book of Acts, is that Jesus is still working. 
It might look different than it, than it did at one time. Then when he, was, when he was walking the streets of Galilee and Jerusalem, healing and, and teaching, it looks different now. The work he's up to, it doesn't happen in quite the same way, but he is still working. I guess it's almost like those retired folks who are busier in retirement, right? What they do when they're 60, 70, 80, 90 is different than what they did when they were uh, 20, 30, or, or 40, but they're just as busy as ever. And the same is true of Jesus. He's still working. And in fact, he's just as busy as ever. And the work is just as important as ever. That's the message for today in Acts chapter 1. But again, it's the message of the entire book of of Acts. If we were to summarize the book, I think a, a proper summary would be Jesus is still working, but he's doing it by the power of his spirit in the lives of his people, through the lives of his people. Uh, that's something we heard in the very beginning of the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, actually in verse 1, we heard the author, Luke, bring this up. This is how the book of Acts starts. It says, in my former book, Theophilus, and that former book is the gospel that Luke wrote, the gospel of Luke. In that former book that told of the, the life and the death and then the resurrection of Jesus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. What is Luke saying, right? He's saying that that, that that book about the life and the death, the cross and the tomb of Jesus, that, that it was just getting at the beginning of what Jesus came to do. Well, what that implies is that Jesus is still working, right? He's still doing. He's still saving and redeeming and forgiving today. That the work of, of Christ that we so, see so clearly from the cross and the tomb continues in our lives today. See, some people have summarized uh, the book of Acts by saying that it's a history book that tells a history and the story of the earliest Christians as they figured out what it looked like to live after Easter and after the ascension of Jesus. And I I suppose that's true. It it is a history of the early church. If That's true if you see Jesus as being the main character, right? The hero of the story. If you see that it's Jesus who is working, it's all about his work just through and in and for the church. Now, maybe you can even feel the tension in, in that, right? In the reality that, that Acts reminds us of. And the tension is this. If, if we were to say, who is doing the important work, right? The, the, the work of saving and redeeming, the work of showing kindness and compassion, the work of forgiving, right? Who is doing that work? Well, uh, uh, some of us, we would know right away, right? We would say clearly and confidently and boldly, it's Jesus, Jesus does the work. He's the one who started the work. He's the one who continued the work. And he's the one who's going to see it through. It's Jesus who's working despite our faults and our feelings and our outright sin. It's it's Jesus who does the work that needs to be done. But you know, I think what we're seeing is that you could also also rightly answer that question, who does the work, by saying, we do. Right? It's God doing the work, but he's doing it through us. We're the hands and feet of Jesus. We're his instruments of kindness and compassion and mercy and forgiveness and redemption in this world. There's a tension there. It's Jesus, but it's also us. Again, I think we can summarize it by saying it's Jesus through us, but, but there's a tension there. And we want to, to resolve that somehow by saying it's either one or the other, but it's both. At the very same time, it's all Christ's work, but it's also our work too. You know, I think depending on the the day, the month, maybe even the hour, we we kind of find ourselves on one end of a spectrum too, right? There there are some days where we are living as if it's all up to us. Now, for those of us who call ourselves Christians, if if you asked us, if you shook us awake in the middle of the night and said, whose work is it? Whose work do you trust in, right? Who do you rest in? 
who sees it through. We, we would say, Jesus. But practically speaking, right, we live in such a way in, in, in which we're, we're living as if it's all up to us, as if we're carrying around the weight of the world, as, as if we have to do things, otherwise they won't get done. And this manifests itself in a number of ways, right? Sometimes it means that we never say no. Every time someone asks us to join a committee at church or, or our kids ask us to babysit the grandkids, no matter how tired we are, we say, yes, we'll do it. Because we, we think that if we don't, then, then it just won't happen. Right? We, we walk around carrying these burdens and, and these weights. And I think you know that that's just no way to live. It's not a faithful way to live. It's not a life that trusts in the work of, of Jesus. And that's a problem for, for two reasons. First, because living this way can lead to pride. It can make us feel like we're more important than we are. Right? Sometimes we, we do all these things to, to kind of puff ourselves up, to, to make ourselves feel important. And, and when things go right, we pat ourselves on the back. And when we have successes, we expect to be praised. And that's a problem. The other problem is, and I think this is a problem that we ultimately get at if we continue to live this way, is, is that living this way leads to despair and hopelessness. Because eventually we realize that we can't carry around the weight of the world we weren't meant to and we're just not able to. Uh, eventually we'll realize our own mistakes and our failings and our, our shortcomings and that will exhaust us if we keep trying to, to spin our wheels. And so if we're on this end of the spectrum, I think the message we need to hear is that Jesus is working, right? And, and that if you take a day off or if you say no or if you fail, it'll be okay because Jesus is working. And you don't have to carry the weight of the world because he already is. And you don't have to be anyone's savior, your churches, your kids, your grandkids, your communities, because Jesus is the only savior we need. If you are living in such a way in which it is all up to you, then, then dear friends, remember Jesus. But some of us, I think, are on the opposite end of the spectrum, aren't we? Right? right? We are living a life that is very complacent and comfortable <laughs> because, because we know it's all Jesus' work and he's the one that gets all the credit, right? And, and he's the creator, he's the sustainer, he's the one that's going to see it through. And so, so we have become very comfortable doing a whole lot of nothing. And maybe we let other people do it, or maybe we tell ourselves, God will get it done. Why does he need me? What can I offer? What do I bring to the table that he can't do all on his own? And so, and so we've treated our faith like a movie that we watch. A very fascinating movie, one that has really sucked us in and, and, and piqued our interest, but, but one that we observe, not one that we're active in. As some of you know that uh, one of my hobbies is running. I love to run. And... Uh, and one of the ways that manifests itself, or it has lately, is that I've been watching running videos. I'm not much of a TV watcher, but for some reason lately, I've just been sucked in by running videos on YouTube and watch videos of people's races that they've run or watch them talk about their training. It probably boring some of you to tears just listening to this, but to me, it's been interesting. And uh, actually, this, this past weekend, I had a race of my own that I was running. And can you imagine if the only training I did was to watch these videos? Right? That, that wouldn't have got me to the finish line. In order to run the race, I needed to actually get out there and run, not just sit on the couch and observe other people running. And the same is, is true of us in our Christian walks, right? That, 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 it, that it is God working. If that's our, our, if that's our attitude, then that's right. But we need to remember that God wants to work through us and that he has empowered us by his spirit to show kindness and compassion, to witness to his love and his grace and his mercy and his sacrifice, to point other people to the cross. If, if we are getting complacent and comfortable, 
then I think the message that we need to hear today is, is that it's time to get to work. We need to push out the door. We need someone to grab our hand and get us off, off the couch and say, let's get going. That it's a joy to be used by the Lord. That we shouldn't see ourselves as helpless observers, but empowered doers. Because God is still working. Jesus is still working. And he's doing it by the power of his spirit, through the lives of his people, through you and me. So depending on where we are on the spectrum, whether we think it's all up to us or, or whether we're living a comfortable life of complacency, telling ourselves it's all up to Jesus, the message might be slightly different. At any moment, what we need to hear might be different. But I think the message overall is the same. Jesus is still working. And he's doing it by the power of his spirit through the lives of his people. And what an amazing message that is. That God hasn't forgotten us that he hasn't tapped out, that he hasn't given up, that he hasn't walked away, that he's not just up there sitting on some comfortable throne while we're down here toiling and, and struggling through life, but that Jesus is working. And he's working across the world. He holds the world in his hands and he's, and he's working uh, th through and for the world's biggest problems. But he's also working for you, dear friends. Your Savior is working for you for the forgiveness of your sins, for your joy, for your hope, for your peace, for your restoration, and for your wholeness, for your redemption, and for your salvation. Jesus continues to work. And if you ever doubt, if you ever wonder what that work looks like, or if you ever doubt or you wonder if God is working at all, then, then just remember the cross and the empty tomb, that work that he did so long ago that we just celebrated a few weeks back, right? Because that work of the cross and the tomb tells us everything. It shows us what kind of work our, our God loves to do. He loves to do the work of salvation, of redemption, of healing and wholeness. That our God is working and he works out of love. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Deeply Rooted Podcast. I hope that you are blessed by our time together in the Word of God and pray that your roots went a little bit deeper. If you could do three things for me as we close our time together today, I would be blessed. First, if you could subscribe to this podcast, I would love that. That would be an easy way for you to listen to all future episodes and continue to get our updates. Second, if you could share what you heard today, I would really appreciate that. There should be an easy way to do that, to share this to your Facebook page, and I would be blessed by that. And then finally, if you could leave a review, would love to hear what you think and, and how this episode went. So if you could share, subscribe, and leave us a review, I would be blessed. God bless you, everyone. And until next time, this is Peter Brower on the Deeply Rooted Podcast.